We have more coming up here as JMNAM continues, and I am told that uh, Ross Creel is with us. And, of course, um, uh, for us, he has been our very first, from the very beginning of this whole process, from back in August and September, the very first person introduced to us as leader of the Jewish community here in uh, Dubai. And we had an opportunity to have him welcome us the other day, and now we have an opportunity to speak with him for another few minutes uh, from what is being utilized as his temporary JCE, right? Would that be the, the proper way of putting it? This is your temporary synagogue and your uh, temporary location until, please God, uh, the synagogue is ready, which hopefully will be, I hope, in the next few weeks or so. Would that make sense? Would that be? It would make perfect sense. Just move this up. I'm sorry. Just like this. There we go. There we go. Welcome. It would make perfect sense. And hopefully that'll uh, happen soon. We'll be able to. Bezrat Hashem. Uh, Bezrat Hashem is right. Um, and I'm sure they, look, the hospitality in this city in general is amazing. In this building, we were treated today mm. with such generosity and hospitality. It's incredible. And mm. this is where you are housed on Friday and Shabbat uh, for your synagogue needs. So Baruch Hashem. You know, I was reviewing some of the notes that I, um, that I took from our previous conversations. And you used uh, an expression that I think has to be emphasized to this audience. Mm -hmm. And that was that peace is its own dividend. Uh, there's always been this impression that in order to achieve peace with people uh, who've been enemies of ours, especially in Israel's case, uh, there has to be tremendous concessions. Uh, yet for some reason, when it came to the UAE, uh, there has been this progress and success in the area of peace without any major concessions. Why has peace as a dividend worked so well for the leaders of this country? Nachum, I'm just going to tell you, your listeners, what um, the leaders of the UAE have said in answer to that question. And I think the answer that they've given is that the other strategy was tried. <laughs> and uh, Been there, you know, done that. Exactly. Huh? <laughs> Post-Khartoum, 67, the three no's. It was tried. And it didn't demonstrate um, progress for the region and progress towards peace in the region. And the Emirati leaders are saying the time has come when a strategy has failed to consider alternative strategies that might work. And I think it's just as simple as that. And in fact, you're right to say that this is the first deal. I mean, of course, the other peace treaties were with Egypt and Jordan, where right. this is a peace for peace deal. There is no land swap or any kind of land uh, issue. Um, of course, the UAE and Israel were never at war anyway. Um, and I think it, it's... Uh, it's a very powerful. Um, it's a very powerful concept that peace is its own dividend. And um, you've been in the city now for one or two days, and you've seen the number of Israeli business people that are here. And the Hebrew uh, that's being spoken, exactly. the kippot that are being worn. Know, you know, know that you can't wear a kippah in many countries of Europe in 2020. And in the UAE, not only are you wearing it, and am I wearing it, mm -hmm. but you feel comfortable wearing it. Sure, you do. No, it's extraordinary, and and um, but but to to return to your question, the peace will be a huge dividend for the region, reciprocally, um, for um, the UAE, for Israel, and hopefully for the border region. One of the things I noticed, as you know, we've been speaking to people involved in the community for the last day or two. I don't, and we've had the ability to thank God, travel the world, and be in in different cities around the world with uh, special broadcasts. I don't remember. Jewish leaders going out of their way to praise the government, the host government where they live. 
I don't even remember it ever happening, certainly not to the degree that we're hearing on this trip. And to me, that's amazing. It's amazing that Jewish people in the United Arab Emirates feel not only comfortable enough, but I, I think obligated mm. to always cite the incredible leadership that the uh, leaders of this country give not only everybody, but specifically the Jewish community. Well, it's an obligation spiritually to show gratitude. Um, but it's not. An I don't know if you would do it in South Africa, though. Well, what I want to say is that I've lived in many different countries, and um, I've experienced many different governments. And I do have to tell you honestly that this is the first time in my life where I've been in a country where I deeply admire the the leadership in the government. I just do. And um, the reason we mention that and say that is because we feel it. Um, it's something that we. Um, it's based on our experience here. Interestingly, I've been to Morocco where, like we do here, they make a prayer for, for right. the king, right. Mohammed VI. And I think they also feel a sense of deep gratitude towards the leadership there. But over here, it's something we deeply feel. And you only have to be here for a couple of days to understand why we feel that way. First of all, you see what an extraordinary achievement the city is. 25 years ago, there was you know not, none of this um, extraordinary metropolis existed. Uh, a dust track, you know, between Dubai and Abu Dhabi, and look at it now. Including where we're sitting so right now, I'm exactly. told. <laughs> so it's just an extraordinary, miraculous achievement. But more importantly for us as Jewish leaders, we've experienced the embrace, we've experienced the Islamic tolerance, we've experienced the um, courage and the um, vision that the leaders have shown towards us and our community. And we respect them for it and want to express our gratitude. And we do that not um, formally. Um, Jews all around the world make a prayer for the government. We do it, and it's in the liturgy. But uh, You do it with a lot of sincerity, though. <laughs> I, I have to say that there have been times when the prayers made and you know people in the community smile a bit, etc. Here, everybody stands. Um, the amen that is said afterwards is deeply felt. And as the community grows and flourishes over the years ahead, any Jew coming here will immediately understand why that prayer is said with such sincerity and meaning. Ross Creel is here. We, we only suggest that Jews move to one place. That's been our policy for the last many decades. Sure. But with that in mind, um, because of the circumstance we're in right now, I don't mean COVID, I mean because we're visiting here, do you think there'll be an increase in the Jewish community, people actually well, moving here from other parts of the world? Well, what I, what I want to say is this. I speak as a diaspora Jew. Um, you are as well, obviously. We, we um, love Israel as our national homeland. But I do want to say that the beauty of what's happening now is that there's an opportunity for Israel to look outward again, uh, especially in the region. Right. And look at the countries around the region um, that are friendly towards Israel and see the benefit of ties with Israel, not just economically, but also socially and culturally. And there's a, there's a sense of um, wanting to build bridges. And my view as a dashboard Jewish leader is that the, our community has relevance in that regard, just as yours does. That the Jews living outside of Israel are ambassadors, ambassadors of the Jewish people, creating Jewish embassies all around the world. And that we have a, a mission, a, a sacred a mission, so to speak, that is relevant to the whole world. Um, and not just to specifically the Jewish community in the right. world. And I, the reason I'm here is because I believe in that mission. 
And I'm hoping that as we move forward into this new phase with Israel looking outward with a sense of confidence and optimism, that the dashboard communities around the world um, uh, will have a relevance um, um, not only to the Jews that are living there, but also to Israel itself that will be considered beneficial and good. And what we want to achieve is a deep convergence between Israel and the diaspora communities around the world, a sense of each other's relevance and importance in um, building Jewish life, um, in advancing Jewish causes, and ultimately creating the unity of the Jewish people, which is what we all want. Any special plans for Hanukkah for the city of Dubai? True, we have lovely Hanukkah events. Um, you know, there's a beautiful moment now in Hanukkah where our Hanukkah are coming out. Previously, in previous years, we lit them inside, which halakhically you can do. But now the miracle is being publicized. And this will be uh, the first time that it's like that? Uh, yes, I think, it, I think wow. it's fair to say, if I think about the social history of our community, I think it's fair to say that this will be the first time that there will be truly public lightings of our, uh, of our Hanukkah. Do you think um, government officials will attend some of them, or they wouldn't go to that degree? Um, we getting it's all you know. We have to we have to take it a step. It's a step by step um, process. Right. Um, um, but we the the time will come certainly in the city, uh, if not this year, but in years to come, when we will have dignitaries attend the lighting of the Hanukkah menorah, and all of us will celebrate the miracle together, um, um, and. Um, it's, uh, you know, the miracle, you know, we, we say that the miracle occurred there when we, when we spin our dreidels. Yep. And the truth is the miracle occurs here. Uh, we have a deep sense of that. And we're feeling it. I can tell you that much. The history of all this is being felt. And finally, and we discussed this the other day when you joined us for our first broadcast, and I'm so glad that you took this position. It is vital that we continue to remind, and I would use a stronger word, frankly, Jews in the diaspora that there are real, legitimate partners for peace in the Muslim mm -hmm. world. And you said you would spend a lot of time over the next few years drumming that into as many mm -hmm. people's minds as possible. And I, I join you in that quest because I think it's one of the most important messages of this entire journey. Well, I really appreciate your coming out here and um, taking that message back to your listenership. Um, I think that it's important now to have a complete reset in terms of the way that we view the Arabic world, I'll put that in inverted commas, by the way, and the Islamic world as well. Right. The tolerance that you're exploring here is, is, is um, it's an Islamic tolerance. Um, it's based on the Quran, and it's based on a deep understanding of what the Quran is, going back to the constitution of Medina, which um, imagined um, a citizenship that extended beyond Muslims and giving a modern um, uh, spin on that using that as a modern way to regulate a beautiful plural society, as you see here in Dubai and the UAE. And it's so important for Jews all around the world to come and experience that and see it for themselves. Ross, thank you. You made our day on September the 15th when you joined us with a eyewitness report and with all the excitement of being in Washington. And I'm so glad that we were able to meet here in the UAE. So lovely to have you. Appreciate that very much. Ross Krill, everybody, if you come to Dubai, if you come to the UAE and you're looking for a leader of the Jewish community, look up Ross Krill and make sure to mention to him that you heard him on the air with us at JM in the AM.